okay, your
going to do an expose on Mount Sinai. Dr. Kim was like, get a fourth epidural while you're doing surgical consultations because he wouldn't prescribe me low-level painkiller. Like, tramadol is not even a narcotic. And I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. I was like, you think I'm going to let somebody put something in my neck again? It doesn't fucking work, dude. I can't fucking walk. And I'm getting surgical consultations. Like, this is crazy. So, yeah. Fuck you, Dr. Kim. Fuck Fuck you. Fuck Dr. Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't like that that's Everybody's crazy, like, whoa, you know, huh? I moved past that passion in two seconds, what, you know, like the anger and like, here oh, I am, yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But you can still, yeah, you don't want to, you can't, you can't let it take over you. No, but no, still no. fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Dr. Simchai in New Jersey. Simchai? He's yeah. Jewish, he's, we're Jewish? Obviously. Well, I can't say fuck him, but. Well, <laughs> I can I say I am on your side. <laughs> he wouldn't give me any pain meds after the car accident and gave me all none none that was why i was i have trauma from the medical system not really from the car accident although i will never sit in that seat ever again it was i was behind the driver yeah like i have no liability do you know what i mean i was just like a passenger not that my best friend was driving not that it was i'm not saying but i was just like sitting in the fucking car and then all of a sudden i'm hanging upside down stuff in the back but um oh god damn it i thought that shit would turn off <laughs> if i do it it'll Whatever, make it really? worse yeah it's fine um uh so nobody would give me anything and then uh dr Simhai put more of these injections all over basically another injection that they do for the spine is like they just do trigger point injections like all over your neck and your shoulders of just like an anesthetic type of thing so that like it can like all calm down and you could feel relief yeah i had like one from dr kim originally and then one from dr simchai one series of all these injections they didn't do shit for me nothing and i told him on the phone when i called and i said i'm in agony like i can't move whatever and he told me I'm not giving you anything like and I said you're torturing me and he told me to compose myself and hung up the phone on me I I can't here's the thing though when you say stuff like that when you're telling me that they're reacting I don't know if this is the man in me I know you're like but what did you sound like that's exactly what I was thinking what did you what did you say to poor Dr. Kim oh I'm on Dr. Kim's side now Meanwhile, though, Dr. Simchai, the one thing that he did that was right was uh, 20 minutes after he hung up on me, he left me a voicemail. They both hung up on you on separate occasions? No, no, no. Dr. Kim was in person. Dr. Okay. Simchai was over the phone. <laughs> um, he le- he got he put, put in a prescription for 14 okay. days. 14 pills. Like, that's the thing. It's like, talk to me every week. I was on heavy drugs after surgery, why, obviously. Why are they so anti-giving? Because, they, because everybody's afraid of the opioid crisis. And they don't, they're liable. Yeah. Because they were over-prescribing it. And now they went to the other side instead yeah. of doing the case-by-case <clears throat> basis. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I was on fucking dilated after surgery oh, shit, for bro. over two months. I made them promise me that they weren't going to fuck around with me after surgery because I hadn't been there yet. I was like, if HSS is like this too, I'm not going to make it through surgery because this pain is like, unlike, I mean, I've broken my ankle. It's unlike anything. So, uh, but they were like, totally like for two months, we'll give you whatever you want. That's, that's their rule. So, but they, every week I talked to them, like every five to seven days, I was on the phone with the nurse or the PA talking about how I felt, what I needed. And they were reducing the amount of pills I was getting every single prescription. And now I haven't been on anything in two months. Um, I have soreness and stuff. The only time I took something, I, I took a, a pain pill twice in the last two months they were on flights mm. because i was starting yeah. to shake from the pain like flights are real raw i mean i had to get you a wheelchair in one airport yeah oh. i just can't i can't walk like that i can't stand online for security yeah, like i can't one place and then you have to it's all of it it's all of it it's like so hard to understand if you haven't had a spine thing like i never had anything like this before i pulled so. my back which is exactly so, the same. So yeah. But 
No, but like when we, that's like that's why I ask about the spine because it's like when I when I have hurt my back, yeah, even the my like even a tiny bit, it's yeah. you can't do shit. You can't do, you can't anything. do anything. Yeah, no, you can't do anything. It that's why I'm like, oh my god, yeah, I'm going on disability. Like this is fucking crazy. Like what am I thinking? Even though I was working from home, but also like work was starting to be like, um, you got to pick it up, get yeah. back to what you were before the accident, and I couldn't. Mm. Like, I, I was really good attorney before my car accident. <laughs> and now I'm a little bit of a slacker. Well, I'm always a slacker. Whatever. You're trying to get out of it anyway, right? We're all trying to get out of the day oh, job yeah. and stuff anyway, so. Okay, guys. Let's talk about you guys. Sorry. No, I I'm mean. just interested. No, I love it. I love it. But, so, um. Here's the question that I have for everybody, because right, we need the spring to happen. What are your, like, what are your hopes for this spring, 2023? Oh, that's a good question. Like just in life? Yeah, in life. What do you want? That's what the hot box is about. And then we go on tangents and do different things. (laughs) Talk about different things. I guess I hope that I just get booked on a whole bunch of comedy shows and get to do my thing. And, yeah. And I hope my husband gets a job. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It sounded like he wanted to say that one first. Yeah, <laughs> why doesn't he have a job? What's your husband doing? It's a long story. What's his, what's his profession? It's, it's software shit. It's very oh, software. Oh, it's, it's it's You need his health insurance though, don't you? Um, yeah, there's that. Yeah, this this would be way too boring of a conversation. Tell him to make for now. <laughs> yes, that is my hope. That is my you hope. Get a job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's crying. I feel like that's a lot of people's hopes for their springs is for their, their partner to get a job. Oh my god. <laughs> <coughs> I finally stopped dating guys without jobs. I've that's done a, a smart, lot of that. That's a smart decision. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing that a woman will do is date a, it's a, so a man fucking without weird. a job. What is it? I honestly like an artist? Daddy issues. No, it's fucking yeah, daddy yeah, issues. Yeah, I dated someone with that. But my father had money, he just never gave it to us. Yeah. Like he didn't pay child support and like Well you want the validation of them or you want the you want the you wanna fix them or you wanna help? In romantic relationships, not in friendships. I don't put up with shit in friendships. Of course. But roman exactly. Romantic relationships, I'm a fixer. And I'm trying to break those patterns. So the guy that I'm dating now is... He has a job. He's <laughs> 52 and divorced oh, with a son. What do you mean? I'm 39. That's fine. Yeah. That's not that like, big he, a difference. No, it's, it's great. Really he fucking has a house and multiple, three cars. And I'm like, what the fuck have I been doing? I'm 32 and the woman I'm, I'm, I'm dating is like 39 as well. Oh, you're Four. dating? I thought you were dating a young girl. Oh man, dude. That was that that already... I can tell you what happened. We had a we had a fall in. So the answer You went from I... super young to an older woman. Yes. Because huh. yeah. it was a whole thing. I am I was gonna say the spring stuff, but I have an issue. I have mommy issues. Okay. I mean, me and my mother are like are, are great terms now, but when I grew up I felt very she, I just, she would tell me she wished she didn't adopt me and all this stuff. Oh, you're adopted. Yeah. She would say she wished she didn't adopt I don't want to say that. I love my mom very, okay. very much. And we've mended everything. We've talked everything out. And I spent a year in jail and did a lot of reflecting then. And um, we've worked a lot of stuff out. But at the time, she, she was, she adopted me because my dad was in jail. So she kind of got forced to have a kid. And she was young. And so when you get older, you realize, like, how life works and that your parents are people. And it's like, okay. Right. But we did not have a good relationship. So my whole life has kind of been, like, trying to get validation from women. Like, as soon as I started dating, I quit football. Like, there's always sex. Like, always. Everything that I did was, like, for women. And, like. Interesting. And I just always was, like, it was just such a big part of my life getting validated from it. And then I started comedy. And when I started, like, I did a restaurant thing. I don't know, this is maybe a deviation. No, I like it. But anyway, um, it's always just been relationship, relationship, relationship. You and Are you a serial monogamist? 
Yeah, kind of. Like you just go from one to the next to the next? Yeah, but when I'm in between, I will I will be a whore sometimes. But how long is your in between? How long do you it's stay It's very single? fun. It's very fun, but it's very sad. I'm a lovey-dovey though, I like this. Yeah. This is yeah. like, I love intimacy. Yeah, so do I. And it's way I. more fun when you can be very intimate with one person. Yeah. Rather than like casual with somebody. Like, it's just not, it's not, it, it's not satisfying. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make me feel good. Wait, um, oh, fuck, now I forgot the question. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, you said something before that I had a question on. Um, My mom. Your mom, wait, um, what, well, I don't know if this is what I was going to ask, but I do want to know, where is your biological mother? Was she not? She reached out, she was in jail when we were, when we were. Shit, where did you grow up? D.C. I was, I'm from, I was born in Syracuse, and then I got adopted, and they were living in, they were living in D.C. Okay. Virginia, Northern Virginia, right outside D.C. Yeah, I lived in D.C. for a little bit. Yeah, so. Where? um, Pimmon Hills. Like oh, McLean I McLean area. Okay, McLean. Okay, yeah. how old were you when you got adopted? Well, sure, sure. Well, How old was I? Yeah, like, like were you a baby or five or six? Like I, have, oh, okay, I so have, you remember? Kind, of, I, I remember them a little bit. I didn't. I don't know if I popped on. Oh, I kind of popped online like when I was already adopted. So I don't yeah. really remember my father. Or Interesting. My um, the question I had is how long are you single in between relationships? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, what's the average? Like, you can months, hoe it up for two months, but months, two months is... Months. Just, yeah, but it's in New York, and I have, there's apps. <laughs> I know, I but... stand up. It's not, it's, it's not hard, and I have a bartender. No, 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 that's not yeah. what I mean. I, I don't, I'm not like saying that's that I knew that's good, and I don't no, like that, but... No, but it's just not being single for that long. Stop. <laughs> you're just not... Like, just because you're single for a few months, like, you could, you probably need to be single for longer than that, yes, is what I'm sure. saying. Yeah. And that's what, so that, so anyway, yeah, the whole reason that I ended up with someone older was because I was dating someone I got in comedy, and um, I was up here for, like, a year, and then I, I don't know, I, obviously I started feeling lonely, I wanted to be in a relationship, I met this, this girl who's, she's beautiful, like, I, I, I love her very, very much still, it just didn't work out because she had different priorities, she wanted kids sooner, oh. and it's like, we just mm-hmm. had to make the decision, nope. Okay. But we dated sucks. for a long time, and I felt like I was getting comfortable in that, like, I was making excuses not to pursue the things I want to pursue, because I was, like, happy in a relationship, Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is a good excuse not to do the things, like, I, ne- I need to take care of myself, and this is what I should be doing, is, like, being loving, and I did enjoy that, but there was like, it was making me resentful <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And I felt like a antsy all the time. And so I broke up with her, and because of this, and we had a mutual, it's not like, none, none of this was bad, it was all very mature, and she's one of the most mature, it's, it's, I love her very, very much still. We yeah. just decided not to be together. But, um, I had broken up with her, and then I started dating this very young girl. She's, I'm 32, she was 24 at the time. And Oh, wait, so this is the relationship before... So uh, days before, well, I'll come back around. How old was the woman before? 32 of my age. Okay, she was your age. Okay. So then I started dating a 24-year-old. She did modeling and stuff, so she worked. Of course she did. Yeah, she worked. <laughs> yes, it was, the, it was the classic trope, okay? And it's exactly what it was. And then I realized, like, okay, well, we have nothing in common. And also, like, and again, I was getting shitty because I wasn't, I hadn't done the thing that we talked about in comedy where I was like, oh, I'm going to focus on my path. Yeah. So I was a little scatterbrained as well. And I was contributing to that, so I ended up breaking up with her and getting back with a 32-year-old. I okay. Like, I don't need to be with a young girl. That was a bad decision. And I went. I was like the 32. I was like, I made a mistake. I do want to like, have like a life. But then, <laughs> with comedy, it was like, okay, well that can't happen. So we eventually, because she's stuff started to start working out, and then she was like, oh, I thought if you got more money from this and everything was going better, you'd be less busy. And I was like, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. It's literally, this is the one thing that was like, it's the exact opposite. So I'm yeah. getting a job. Like, I'm going to be, I have, I'm running around, I'm always on my laptop, like, I have shit to do. And so, she, and she was like, oh, I want a father for my kids that's present. And it's like, well. So we had that. And then the girl I'm dating now. Yeah. Is someone in the community. In the comedy community. Yeah, so I will, I'll leave all alone. She's 39 now. She's 39. That's my age. It's not me. Investigating. Thirty-nine is good. I, I well, mean, she's brought a lot of peace into my life and, and okay. understanding, and also someone who understands the game and like priorities. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I get more work done with her around, which is rare. Well, she's a comedian, also. Yeah. yeah. Um, does she want kids? No. 
Okay, so then that's, yes. that's yeah. very different. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, and we're also taking things very... How long have you been dating? Well, we've been like seeing each other for... This is the first time I've talked about it. We've been seeing each other for like, I don't know, like a month, maybe. Okay. Maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. Same, same with my Delph. My Delphalicious. My Delphoreal. <laughs> <laughs> he... <laughs> I'm going there tomorrow for the first time. I'm going to Connecticut. Oh, amazing. Yeah, he lives far away. I'm I, so the here, space is good though. You know, I'll say here. So, oh, he could end up listening to this. Um, Don't be a bitch. Um, we talked about Dr. Kim. We're gonna talk about the bill. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so I met him at a show I did in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and he was smitten right away. Uh, mm -hmm. and then. He was like, when am I going to see you? I was like, come into the city on Monday. Because it was like President's Day. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what about work? I'm like, it's President's Day. So, and then Sunday morning, because he was like, I, what are you doing Sunday before you go back to New York? Because I was sleeping at my friend Ayesha May. She's a Connecticut comic. Mm -hmm. So I, was, I slept at her place to do these shows in Connecticut that weekend. So I said, I can't, I'm doing a Galentine's Day boozy brunch show. <laughs> like, and so he, that morning on Sunday, he goes, let me pick you up from the show and drive you to the train so I could have an hour with you. Oh. And like that shit is way better than broke ass dudes. Like yeah, that yeah, shit yeah, is yeah. way better. A man that like comes after you, like, is just like, who are you? I need to know you. Like, yeah. what's the, you know, I, right before COVID, I had broken up with, or a couple months before COVID hit, in 2000, at the end of 2019, I broke up with this guy, Brett. My family still fucking talks about him because he was so nice and he would have married me. But you know what? It's so Jewish. It's so, oh my God. My mom's boyfriend, Isaac, Isaac is like been in our family for like over a decade. Like he's part of the family and everything. Like, Isaac will be like, I just feel like you could have had two kids with him and then gotten divorced. I'm like, Isaac! <laughs> That's so real. That's what a hilarious I'm like, I don't want his face on my children. That was the other thing. But, like, he was so... It's like he... He actually didn't pursue me hard in the beginning, Brett. And that was from, like, a dating app, whatever. But, like, he was so, like, willing... Like, he wanted to be with me more than anything, but that's, it was like an insecure, needy, clingy pursuit. This is like normal. This is like a man that's yeah, like, yeah. I yes. want time with you. Like what, who, like, you know, the, yeah. Brett was like, it, he was just such a well, little you don't know, you don't, yeah. you don't know what the fuck you want when you're younger. This, yeah. no, well this wasn't, this was only a few years ago, but, matter. but yeah, yeah. Men are, it, men are dumb. Men are Humans dumb. are so much slower. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have to work so hard not to be retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I read so, so many self-help books just not to, just to, like, <laughs> function like a normal person. Yeah, yeah. My, my husband is, like, seven and a half years older than I am. Okay. And, right. like, the, the, and it's, which is, it just feels perfect. It feels yeah. just right, because we feel like mentally we are the exact same age. Yeah. And it, the guy, the last person I had a relationship with before I met my husband, was born literally one week after me. He okay. was one week younger than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and he was ten years younger than me. <laughs> right. Like, no, totally. Like you are a child. Like, no, it, it's. Emotionally, men don't know what to do until you're in it. Yeah. They don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. learning so much. No, no. I mean, they like. I I just also like. I pick fucking terrible men like i've had terrible yeah. relationships um so like i worked through those daddy issues i'm breaking my although he i said he was like am i your daddy issue i'm like huh i got you i got you 52 daddy still <laughs> for real come yeah. over here um <laughs> it's funny but <laughs> but you know the daddy issues are real i yeah. guess you know, therapy, you know, like, uh, it's also like, I'll tell you what's interesting is like being a Jewish girl in Long Island, it's rare to not have a daddy. <laughs> like yeah. everybody has dad, yeah. even if their parents are divorced, like 
yeah. divorce didn't mean, but like my father was crazy, like you know. So. Like uh, like well, so like my mom had to save us like from the house because it was abusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just like his thing was like he was so angry at my mom for wanting a divorce and like wanting to leave him that he was like, I'm going to make your life a living hell and during the mm. court system. So mm. my parents' divorce took Jesus. eight years. Damn. Eight years. And because he didn't want to pay child support. So my sister and I eventually were done. Because like he would just be like emotionally abusive to us all the time and then like not pay child support and drag us to court. Yeah. So like my sister and I were like, fuck this shit. Yeah, like we don't want to go to court. Like I would miss school. Oh my God. You want to hear the worst story? Yeah, yeah. In fifth grade, I came to school late. I, met, I, I I was half a day, like I took half a day or whatever in the morning because I had to go to family fucking court and cry in a judge's chamber about my father. I don't want to see my father anymore, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm like 10 years old. They just ask like, what, what you thought about everything wrong. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. And this one judge who's the one that said that my father doesn't have to pay child support. I actually have the court decision. I have the original copy. And like as a lawyer, it's the worst decision I've ever read. There's no case law backing it up. And like we should have appealed it. But whatever. I was young and I was like, mommy, I don't want to go to court anymore. But like this judge is a fucking criminal. Like we think he was paid off. And then when I read the decision as an adult and a working attorney, yeah. I'm like, oh, this cannot possibly be how this, like, you have to have case law to make a decision. Yeah. You can't just, like, be like, this is how I feel. Yeah. He's like, sh the children abandoned him because they don't want to see him. That's not possible. It's a legal fiction. Children can't abandon parents. It's not how it works. Um, so, like. Tell that to my mom. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't so, understand your lawyer speak, but I believe you. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, so, um, uh, that judge, my mom went after him and made sure that he was not reelected. Um, and she did it. She did it. She, she campaigned. My mother campaigned against this judge to not get reelected. She went to all Sounds of like this. Both of your parents have a lot of free time. Too much free time. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot the point of that originally, but I guess daddy issues, right? Yeah, daddy issues. They're real. They're real. You have to, um, I don't know. I was never like a therapy guy or anything like that, but. Actually, I am a huge therapy. I don't know. But I've never really? actually gone to therapy. But You've never was... gone to therapy? Like, ever? I did BetterHelp twice. I, I had to when we were a kid. They used to try to take you to therapy when I was, like, five or six. Wait, but what about getting sober? I, I'll tell you what. When I got... I was... I was a vicious alcoholic. Okay. Me too. I, I got to the... I, was, I spent a year in jail for a DUI and some other stuff. Oh, shit. Okay. And when I got my DUI, I drank about a bottle and a half of vodka and I was just driving around in, in someone's car and I, I crashed it. So I had property damage and stuff and I got a year. Oh, so, shit. I got a year so I didn't have to do a felony, yeah. Okay. So I went to jail for a year and then when I got out I was like, oh, I'll be sober. And then I started working in restaurants and then I started managing mm -hmm. restaurants yeah. and I was yeah, a GM yeah. and then I was a regional manager. Okay. And, being sober and I was just then. like, dude, I was doing, I was walking around in like very expensive suits with cocaine in my pocket all the time and like shit. I was drinking a bottle of Jameson a day and nobody could tell me anything because I was a boss. Like I was literally, ha and I did my job well. I was just shit. What kind of restaurants? Like, like are um, these like certain kinds of places? I started in an Irish place, which was my first GM job, and then it was Ping Pong Dim Sum, which is like an upstairs. Oh, I yeah. know Ping Pong Dim Sum. Yeah, I ran two of them in DC. Do you know Adam Levin, who's one of the maybe silent owners? Well, he, no, they he, sold their they sold their United States division. Oh, well, this is probably 10 years ago, actually. 10 yeah. years ago was when my friend Adam, um, uh, he, like, we were all in D.C., and so he did, like, a party there. The one in because... Pinkwood Circle or Chinatown? I think it was probably in Chinatown. Chinatown. yeah. Yeah. I mean, both of those, yeah. Chinatown yeah. was the main one. Okay, so now I see the whole, like, that's why I asked what kind of restaurant. I'm like, because the Coke and everything, that's like a certain type of restaurant. Well, I did I that, like, right? and then it was, and then I went to Arlington, and I don't know if you know, like, there's like, it was like a Broly chain. I don't want to say which one, but it was like a, they own like six restaurants in the area, and one of them is like a three-floor place with three DJs. Okay. I started at their like nice one, 
and then they promoted me to regional, so then I was sort of party bars, and that was a real problem. Oh, yeah. Because it was like a very popular, very, very popular one in the area, so I could go to the club. I would go to a club in D.C., get to skip the line, they'd be like, oh, this is a GM at this place. Okay, so you were working, like, yeah, was you asshole. were, like, nightlife. Yeah, and I'm it not It wasn't just restaurants, it was nightlife. Yeah, I'm not that guy at all. I started in restaurants, and I got forced into nightlife when I got a promotion. My, let my ego take over me. Yeah, that industry, though, will drive you to drink. Dude, it's fucking oh insane. Yeah. I, all, all the work I did, I would, I would just drink. I would have a bottle of whiskey with me 100% of the time. I, was, I got to the point where yeah. I was drinking a bottle a day. But anyway, I quit. <laughs> I just had my at wit's end, you know, and I just was like, I can't do this anymore. This is going to be the rest of my life. It was like approaching six figures, and I was like, if I'm going to do this, then <laughs> this is going to be the rest of my life. And I, like, I hate yeah. my life right now. It's not going well. I'm yeah. a drug addict. The financial, I'm making a lot of money, but I'm spending so much money on drugs, like I'm underwater, like, it was just terrible, and, um, I quit, and then I started the podcast on, like, success and failure and stuff, and I rambled, and I didn't know what I was talking about, but it was, like, just very emotional and heartfelt, and then I started stand-up, and then, um, I feel like the podcast started going well over quarantine, over 2020, 2020. And, and that you're um, still down in the D.C. area. In D.C. And when the podcast started going well, because I was getting a lot of people on, like I had Daryl Davis on and Phil Demers. They've both been on Joe Rogan. And okay. I talked to them about, you know, the protests, just honest conversations. And once I saw that that was a life that I could live, I literally just stopped drinking. Like I, I remember something happened and the next yeah. day I woke up and I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I had been to AA meetings. I had done nine months sober just doing like coke. I, I had been... I tried. I had failed multiple times. Okay. Yeah. And it was just like you have you have a reason, and you, I woke up and I was just like, "Oh, that's it. No meetings, no nothing." I just decided I wasn't going to drink anymore. I just didn't. Wow. And it was. It's very. Um, I don't know, man. It was, it was. It was. It's. I don't know now. I don't even. I don't think about it. Right. Yeah. It was. How are you with bartending, though? It doesn't bother me. You yeah. never want to. You never want to sit. No, I'll be I'll be very honest too. Like yeah. If when I'm making a cocktail, I can taste it and spit it out, and I have no interest yeah, in drinking. It, it doesn't bother me. Oh, I don't wow. ever think about drinking because it's just like I know what it did. It was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. And once I saw the life that I could have, and and also like, I don't recognize the person that I am now. Right. Which is like a, I know I'm a high right now. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> but like. For me to think that I could be this person back then would have made me like cry. Like I would have not yeah, been able to fathom yeah. the soft, gentle, like open, authentic person that I am now. I was not that guy. I was in my ego, and I was an asshole, and it was just. And I can be like that, but like I was just. I just. It's not. And there's no thought of me being like, oh, I'm gonna start drinking again. Like why would I do that? Right, 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 right. So I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I had relapsed. Like it was. I don't know. I feel like something just happened, and you're like, okay, well. You can't, you gotta stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. It just clicks. It just clicks. One day, it just... Do the same thing. You're just ready. Pretty much, exactly. I, like, the first time I quit, and the second time, I relapsed once. But, um, the the second time, thankfully, like, I already had a medical marijuana card. Um, for, I was diagnosed with PTSD five years ago. Thanks, Mom. Um, and, (laughs) um, so... The first time I quit drinking was just like horrible, but I stayed sober for like four years, then relapsed. Oh, man. And uh, the second time I was at a point where, you, you know, you get to where like you just don't get hangovers anymore and like you can't even get drunk. Yeah. Because your tolerance is just so fucking No, high. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The reason that part of why I stopped drinking and I love cannabis is because my hangovers, um, were so violent like I would be violently ill because of the amount you drank or it was just like yeah yeah and now I could I could throw up from only a couple drinks just because it hit me the wrong way yeah there's some like that that's I don't I really don't like liquor like and I won't really have liquor at I only drink liquor right so like I well tequila is different like when I want to be like really like it's my diet drink but now we have weight loss so it's fine but like um like my 
I, I, I the hot the box, people, I don't the have The people liquor. on this couch have no opinion about what type of liquor or what it does. Like, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I know, give a yeah. fuck. You I know, yeah. I had give a fuck. preferences. Yeah. I pretended to have preferences. I wasn't going to kick anything out of bed for eating crackers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but right. The, no, so I've never experienced that where you so can't. Funny. You know what I did experience that where you, where like you can't get drunk or something? When I was like binge drinking in college. Like that's the closest thing that when like you actually have that kind of tolerance. That's what told me it was yeah. time. And I just woke up one day and was like, yeah, I have to, I think I have to stop now. <laughs> and that day I actually had an appointment with the medical marijuana doctor to get my like certification the Pennsylvania the Department of Health yeah. makes you renew it annually with a, any some specific type of doctor, whatever. Anyway, I don't live there anymore, I thank goodness. <laughs> but um, I was like crying in the doctor's office about being an alcoholic and like not yeah. just not being in recovery yet. And the medical marijuana doctor goes, go to the dispensary <coughs> right now. Go to the pharmacist because they. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, give me a second. <coughs> Ooh, that hit me the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That got me earlier. Damn. Um, but they so legally they have to have like an actual like doctoral like pharmacist working at each medical dispensary. Right. Um. So the doctor's like ask the pharmacist like for a strain that controls alcohol cravings, and I was like, you can. It works for that. And does it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They gave me something called Breathe, which I think it's like something mm -hmm. you can only get in Pennsylvania. It's it's just basically like a two to one THC to C B D ratio. Yeah, Etain Health has stuff like that. Okay. And, and you would like them. It was it was like I want to say it was a lot easier than the first time I quit drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How long have you been sober? Um about Three and a half years, same, oh, wow. same exact good. amount of time I've been doing comedy. Yeah, See? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Both of you. I needed something yeah. to do while I wasn't drinking, so yeah. I started doing comedy. But it's so good that you guys can be around it, because comedy is, oh, yeah. like, oh, there's know. so much alcohol and drugs. There's so it much everything. It never comedy. bothered me. Like, when I would be tempted to drink would be, like, if I'm home by myself and I'm bored and I'm alone with my thoughts, you know? Okay. But, like, if yeah. I'm out... And there's stuff to do in the station, <coughs> then I'm not as tempted to yeah. drink. Um, but yeah, you need something to replace it with. You need like yeah. a purpose because I feel like drinking is just running away from stuff. You know, I have people asking me. Feels like, so good. I know. I know. <laughs> But that's, I why I that's why I smoke. That's why I smoke. Smoking feels so good. I can you run, can run away. away. But like, I can run away in my head and also be enjoying things that present. Are, that, but I'm enjoying it in a different way. Correct. Than yeah. I would be if I was sober. You, you know can be I mean? present so still. Like, like bit, you so. can function. You could do things. Like yeah, it's yeah. not like there's a level of pleasure that I got from alcohol that no other intoxicating substance has ever given me. And I've smoked crack. I'm not. Oh wow. Okay. Like, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I was literally like. This is just okay. I, I was like, I'd rather, I'd rather drink vodka. Yeah. Like, ever, I've, I've, that's so interesting. I've tried, like, I've tried everything but like strong hallucinogens, basically, and no other drug has made me feel as fucking good as alcohol. But with, with marijuana, like, I, I kind of don't care. If yeah, that makes sense. It's just, yeah, like, I feel good. It's not. It's not this like ecstasy I got from alcohol, but you really like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. No, I get it. I'm, I'm like, like have you it. tried E or like I E just... was back in the day? Now it's Molly. <clears throat> that might that might give you some good euphoria. I, I, I tried it once and it was fun. Okay, but I still think I liked alcohol better. Interesting. I like microdose shroomies. Um, there's a place that sells gummies by the McDougal Street. Like, there's a movie theater by the McDougal Street. Yeah. And it's to the left of it. There's a smoke shop. They sell they sell gummies. They're good. Yeah, they're good. They know. They know. They're not. They're not shitty. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I I mean I have some microdose for me. So I went to a bathhouse on well, Saturday. A bathhouse. Uh, yeah. A Russian bathhouse. It's called <laughs> uh, Wall Street Spa or Fulton, whatever Spa. You trying to meet another Dill? 
Oh, I met a DILF there. He wasn't there this time. Tony Powell. He's a famous photographer in D.C. And he may have waterboarded me and my friend in the sauna. What? He, he, what? No, he put towels over our heads and poured water on us. We could not breathe. But yeah, that's waterboarding. That's waterboarding. <laughs> yeah. what, you, uh, you got tortured? Like, that's quite literally waterboarding. No, I, I think he didn't mean it, but, you know. What we, the fuck we, are you talking about? <laughs> you don't brush past getting waterboarded. <laughs> Like, no one puts bamboo shoots up your fingernails and, what like, do you oh mean? my god. What, do you, what happened? I didn't he mean put it. He was like, put the towel over your head. I'll, and, and like, so he put towels on and then he, no, he, I think, I can't remember, but I think he put the towel on me. And then he poured all the water on her head. But Deb, my friend Deb got waterboarded too. Leia was totally fine. Because she didn't drunk? put a towel. There's no towel. She was fine. Oh, was everyone drunk? Yeah, okay, yeah. we had eaten 50 milligram edibles. Tony is sober, but like the rest of us had been drinking wine. And then we also like, we had eaten a small edible. And then this other- uh, <laughs> should have just said yes. This, <laughs> started with we had an edible. This Russian guy that that was friends with it. It was just like, it's so funny. We went on Saturday. Um, he was like, here, I have these edibles from California. And I was like, how much are they like how much are and they're like he's like 50 milligrams each and me and my friends we looked at each other and then for some reason we were like okay and we just each popped it in without thinking and i did two shows that night i showered and got ready in the bathhouse and did two shows but the first one i did have to apologize because I felt I was real off my game. Sorry, like, sorry, I've, I've just been waterboarded. <laughs> I've just been <laughs> waterboarded. So I've just, I've just gotten brain damage. After me. eating a 50 milligram edible at a bathhouse all day. So that's what we did this past Saturday, but we also did some microdose shroomies. Um, yeah. They just make you feel like warm. You know? like them. Yeah, sparkly. Yeah, they, like, like, they light you up a little bit. Yeah. They, yes, that's like the best way. You know like I mean? I, I'm afraid of hallucinating, which is why I've never like, oh, really like, done real shrooms. I, I acid is pretty cool. That's what everybody says. One, that's one thing I've not done. Acid's pretty cool. Maybe I'd be able to do it. I like acid because LSD is like a, I feel like I could control my trip. Whereas okay. mushrooms, it's kind of like, you know, it's right. kind of like hmm. looking into a kaleidoscope at a certain point. Everything okay. kind of gets fractally. Okay. But LSD, I feel like if you take, I mean, it does do that for a little bit, but also you can really control your trip a little bit more. Like, I remember I've gone to, like, lakes and on Sapphire Lake where the whole, it's just a lake and you can see, you can see all the way around it and it's, like, at night where there's no lights or anything like that and you feel like you're on a spaceship because it's, like, at night, it's, like, all you see is night here and then a big circle of night, so it feels like you're on, like, a land spaceship, but you can kind of control what you're looking at because you know what you're looking at and you can differentiate those shrooms just kind of get away from you, I feel like. I just uh, that's that's why I like we, yeah it's a dreidel that is that's so, from Token oh, Jew cool. Token Jew um I love him yeah Will Will his name is Will Cohen he came he had he was bending at the Jewish joint me and my friend Barack put on the Jewish joint at the end of January we're gonna do it again soon it's basically showcasing Jews and cannabis it was so fun um are there a lot of, are there a lot of Jews and cannabis yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, fun fact, we're in finance and media there too. Jews control cannabis. <laughs> Big surprise. There's a lot of us. What What is interesting and is getting less and less surprising to me are the amount of religious Jews in cannabis. Like, what? interesting. Because why are they getting in? Why are they getting in? Because I think that they're they're. Well, no, I think like and why everybody's getting everybody's into getting this, into money. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, mean, everybody wants to make money yeah. off weed, obviously. But also, like, I like some of them want kosher edibles without like gelatin, like I in see. gummies That's and fair. stuff like yeah. that. Oh, so there's yeah, like yeah. a bunch of kosher ones. Then like, um, well, I mean, I I even I have a couple people that I know now that are like much older, like that were like in big law and now they're doing like law cannabis law mm-hmm. um which oh is really cool not that i i mean it's still practicing law i think i, I don't know if i it's would like improv it's still <laughs> practicing law. you're like i guess it's no 
it, it, it's, 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 I would still be a lawyer. I, I want to do com, like I want to do comedy. I want to do the hot box. Like I want what I, uh, my dream would be that like some platform wants to pick it up, you know, and you, mm-hmm. and I obviously have to cut it down. Like live shows are an hour and a half now. I had a three hour show once. That was because Matthew Aravallo and Mika Mo talked so much. We were just so high. It was also summer, and it was at Unruly Collective in Bushwick in the backyard. Like, it was like a summer show. It's a great vibe. But but three hours was real long. I now have a timer. I got to shut these comics off sometimes. (laughs) But, um, But, yeah, that's the dream, for that to get picked up. So, like, doing cannabis law is, like, not the dream, but... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of dreams. A lot of Jews with Jewish joint. There's Kusher. They're great. I love Ben from Kusher. They're they're grow they're growers out on Long Island and wow. they do like dab bars and they just they're just Jewish guys, so they called it Kusher. I have to get more ingrained in the weed culture. Well, anytime I smoke, I smoke so much. You smoke so much. I smoke a lot. Scott, you can you can come out with me anytime. I just I am about to get myself on the VIP list for this thing on March 26th. Um, Can I tell you a story about Yeah, Yeah, of course. I don't know if I'll name the comedian. Okay. But I was at a show at New York Comedy Club, and we left, and we go outside, and I bring two joints to the show, okay? Okay. And I hand this person the joint, I I light it, and I pat the first person, right, in the circle, he smokes the entire thing. Stop it. He smoked the entire thing. and He, he start- never passed it? No, he starts smoking it. Wait, what are you, he you're do- smoking on the second joint? You're smoking on your second joint? No, I just, I walk out, we all kind of stand in a circle, these two people start talking, these two people start talking. I'm and all of a sudden. I, I light one joint, the other one's still in my pocket, I, I pass it. He smokes it, he does like one of these kind of half, but no one's paying attention. Okay. And he sits there and smokes it while he's talking. And like nobody this. said anything? Like I just was staring <laughs> into his ear. Because I didn't know him that well. And I was just, the whole time, I was just fascinated. Because I was already high, because I'm always high. Right, right, right. So I didn't really care. And honestly, like, letting him do that and seeing what was going to happen is way more important to me than being like, what are you doing? Who was? So this story was like, I just like, I like telling it. Because it yeah. doesn't really matter. Just like, who cares? This is a psychotic thing to do. It is crazy. I was just staring and literally staring like, what is this, what is this person like, what is going on in their head? Like, what is he yeah. going to realize that he's bogarting this J? He smoked the whole thing and, and like. And then put it out. Like, I was like. Flipped it on the floor. Yeah. I, just, I was amazed. The roach I couldn't, floor. I didn't even engage in conversation with anybody because I was staring at him. While I totally know what that's like. He didn't even notice like. me like looking at him. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Who? His name's what? Omri. Do you know Omri? Omri Hananya? Yeah, you little Omri. Oh, yeah. shit. That's oh, not. Yeah. yeah. And I like him. Um, That's a function nice. of him being a pothead. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing, dude? And you I've should never brought it up to him. No, you should totally. I've never brought it up to him. Yeah. I just bring it up on podcast because I think it's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's great. So, I'm you, him, you uh,. Being a pothead, that's, that yeah, that's, feels like a good reason. Like, for, like and, and if you had said, like, what are you doing? He would have been like... No, you guys don't defend them. <laughs> How dare you? This is like taking Dr. Kim's side. I don't like oh, that. Fuck oh, fuck you, Dr. Kim! Fuck you, Dr. Kim! Fuck you, Dr. Kim! I think Omri, regardless of being a pothead, I think, I, think, I think being a pothead would make you more conscious of... It makes me, but I'm like a generous pothead. I'm one of the most generous. It's a crazy thing to do. I stand by that. <laughs> I stand by that. I love you, Omer. I have no problems with you. You're a psychopath. <laughs> he is some, really a fucking stoner. Yeah, some people are crazy. It's fine. <laughs> You're allowed to be. You're okay. Wait, You're Scott, you didn't answer the first question. What are you looking forward to in the spring? What do you want? Oh, shit, yeah. The spring? Yeah. Spring. Spring. I get such spring I don't fever. Know. I love sitting outside. Oh, not, not a lot of allergies, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I, I started reading this book, The Magic. Do you know it? This, no. Uh, uh, the, the girl I'm seeing gave it to me. Okay. It's, this, it's like The Secret, which I know is okay. bullshit. I understand it's bullshit. Every time I've ever brought this up, people are like, it's stupid. No, I do. Th- well, I- 
let me just say that your thoughts become your words and your words become your actions. There is yes. a thing about manifesting and, and being positive. And if you're always negative, then all you see is the negative in your life and yeah. stuff like that. What's about, okay, so this book is, yeah, so there is something to it. But also yeah. like the action of, of thinking about the things you want in life. Like how often do you do that? You're so consumed with your day-to-day -day bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you forget to just like take time. And anyway, this book she got me is the second. Because the first one, everyone shit on the book, and it was like the magic's bullshit, or, or the secret's bullshit, so she wrote this one, it's called The Magic. It is also, the words in it are kind of nonsense, but it's a workbook, which okay. I think she made in direct relation to, hey, you don't have to do anything. Okay. It's like the second one's like, oh, well, here's some stuff you can do. <laughs> yeah. It's clearly like, that's what happened. Yeah. But it's a 28-day, like, exercise thing. Okay. And, you, and it's, it's, it's been unbelievably helpful. Really? Yeah, I'm like a few days in. Like, okay. Week, yeah. It's called The Magic. The huh. Magic. I kind of don't care about, like, the things she's saying. I really like I can't you like the workbook the workbook has been amazing like you start every day with you you make a list of 10 things that you're grateful for and then there's, that different, I do. there's yeah. different things that you add on every day mm. like one about your health one about you know just different exercises gratitude people, is huge about, it's, it's exactly what it is it's centered around gratitude the whole thing is gratitude that changes your outlook also I'll tell you like that it, it's uh the depression that I had this past year because I had no gratitude. Yeah. Like I had no positivity. I was like begging to be saved. Like I was like, what it, I, I like was begging for my health to be saved. You know yeah. what I mean? That, and, and, um, uh, I don't even like Matthew Perry that much. Sorry. <laughs> but like, he just came out with a book about addiction hot and hot take. You don't like take. Matthew Perry. <laughs> I, I can't believe you would say it. that, dude. <laughs> but his first the Jews now Matthew. <laughs> this, this thing's going off the rails, dude. But he, he was on um, Real Time with Bill Maher, and what he said was so interesting to me. He was like, "It's really hard to have gratitude when you're still trying to get your life back. Mm. Like once your life yeah. is back, like now I can start having gratitude." Like now is when I feel much more like myself. I'm not leaving antidepressants anytime soon though. They need to stay with me. I have two very strong yeah. antidepressants because when I maxed out the first one, they gave me a second one, a bumper. Yeah. That's how it works. It pops up the other one. But you're feeling grateful now. Yeah, now I'm feeling grateful because I'm, I'm doing so well. Like the surgery was successful. You know, but like gratitude and gratitude changes your perspective. Do you know, Absolutely. you know what we were talking about before the podcast about, cause I wanted to ask you, cause you seem self-conscious about you know, your image. We were talking about comedy. Oh and yeah. Path you're taking. I know that like right before that, right before this, we were talking about how you need to find a path and know yourself so that you can point yourself in a direction and like not have your ego think you're going to be whoever, you know, Amy Schumer or Whitney or Chappelle or whatever right, the fuck right, you right. think, whatever. Not everyone can be that, and, and I think that being grateful really pointed me in the direction of like, hey, like I have cool shit going on. Yeah. Makes, that makes like I like the things I'm doing. I don't have yeah. to do. And then you think about like, oh, but it, you see people get late night spots or something like that. And in my head, like you would ask me if I want to do a late night spot or what I think about it. I'm like, I think they're pretty much useless now, and yeah. I don't want to work for six years or do a five minute spot on a show nobody's watching. Do you know what I mean? But when I see someone do it, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Right, right, but it's right. It's not for me. Right. Right. And being grateful for the things I've have has really like has really like altered my perception of the things that I feel like I I needed in my life. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And 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 the comparison game is so terrible, especially exactly. in comedy. It's just, like it's exactly. so terrible. Like honestly, I. Mean, that's why I ask about your yeah. your stuff with your image with the weed stuff. I'm curious. Well, you would like the uh, the you, comparison you, you game. You kept saying that you you get judged. I do get judged. Um, I, I mean, for instance, like my own family, my sister made me remove my niece from my followers. She just turned yes. 16. Yeah. She doesn't want the, the weed, but they're religious. Oh, they're religious yeah. also. I'm and like, like, why is weed against a religion? It's not against a religion, it's, but they're just like up more conservative, uptight. They don't want her seeing, they wouldn't, I guess they wouldn't want yeah. I guess it would be weird if I was like really into alcohol and was posting all this stuff. Like, I don't know. Cannabis doesn't yeah. seem weird to be like that, but, um, give a couple years. 
Yeah, I guess. But like, uh, I also like with dating, like there, I mean, I've literally yeah. had guys that make me feel like I could never be a mother. And I think it's really fucked up. And what's, because there's a double standard. And I've said this for years. This is not new to just judging on cannabis use or whatever. But like, guys can do whatever the fuck they want until they decide that they're ready or they meet the girl that they want to be ready for. Yeah. Women have to live a certain way to show that we're a certain <clears throat> way and we're worthy of being a wife and a mother. And I have lived wow. doing shit like that. And it didn't get me anything that I wanted anyway. And this is really, on another note, all my astrologers and stuff like that are saying, I'm when, I, <laughs> <laughs> when I finally, like, I have to just, like, be who I am. But that's how I feel in general. Like, yeah. why even, like, like, it's so nice that, Somebody saw me at a comedy show and like wanted to know if I was single and wanted to date me. They liked like you being yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ultimate. I mean. Everyone wants to feel understood. Everybody wants. And, and the weed is also like, like what I say is like, I have no responsibility in that way. Like, why can't I live it up? If I got pregnant, I wouldn't smoke weed every day. Obviously. Like, I would give up weed, just like I would give up alcohol if I was pregnant. Like I don't feel like I'd wanna, I don't want to be with the people that are like, when people are up just, my ass about that, I go, yeah. okay, well, you're not, you're not cool. You're not cool. <laughs> not like that, but like, you clearly are concerned about things that, in a, in a way that I'm, I you're can not. stop smoking, I do what I want because I feel like I do, what do you mean? The whole reason I pursued comedy is so that I could be my... I'm pursuing authenticity is what I'm really pursuing. Right, right. The comedy right. is just a vessel. And the podcasting is just a vessel. I just want to... I want to figure out who this guy is and, like, what's in there and, like, what I can give. Yeah. And it's like, if, if smoking weed all day is part of that, then I'm going to do that. Just because you think I have okay. to, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I off. think, like, also... Well, it's... it's you're boring. Like, you're, yeah. you, you live in a world of rules that don't exist about who yeah. you have to be and who you have to, like... Well, we... Well, yeah. the, the rules are unwritten and we should break them like yes. there are like like i've never so like i'm back at work part-time mm -hmm. i've never worked part-time as an adult i've never worked part-time as an adult like there's a guilt that i have oh. like even that and i'm like i am not going back to work full-time yet i'm still recovering yeah, yeah. and i also, obviously, want to pursue other things as well. So, like, um, but yes, I'm still recovering. So, it, but like that, it, it's, it's just. I, Where's I, the guilt when working part time coming from? You don't feel like you're being an adult. Yeah. Then fuck them. I don't want to fucking be an adult all the time. That shit sucks. Being an adult for who though? That's the for thing. For who? Like, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. Thing. That's that was my thing. And then when you were talking about how you, your family made you un, un, like unfollow you, the, the thing that I did with, with my podcast was it was immediately I was talking about drinking and how I tried to kill myself and my relationship with my mother. I talk and, about everything. Yeah, and I did it not in a great way. I was okay. not always this articulate and like and centered. It was okay. the first time that I started sharing this, and it was the first time I found out this past it was very messy and I'm saying okay. terrible things. But anyway, what that did was it. All the people around me that thought they knew me were like, what? And so it gave me this barrier to like stop caring about like being an adult. Uh, it was like, and for a little while these people were like, oh, he's losing his shit. Okay. And then eventually they're like, oh no, like he's just, he's just different. Like it's just not, what do you want? Yep. You know what I mean? And it really yeah. gave me the confidence to stop being like, like I have guilt. I would have yeah. guilt for a while. I had guilt. Like I took yeah. a restaurant managing job when I first got to New York. And that stroked my ego so much that I felt like, like I started doing less comedy and eventually I got really sad and knew what I had to do. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an ego struggle when you're like, you feel like you're pursuing this thing. It's like, why should I pursue this? Like, why can't I be satisfied with like, I don't know. I'm not satisfied with You look at people the, that yeah. have like the normal nine to five and you're like, it's I don't. Just, I don't want it. Yeah. I'm also someone who has evolved and I change yeah. and like my interests are different like I didn't start doing comedy I started with improv until I was 30 mm. I was into comedy forever like in college I had 
like a Curb Your Enthusiasm Larry David poster. That was what I had up in college. So I've always been a comedy nerd, but I didn't know that like, oh, I could get on stage and do this. And, and like, but I was, I'm told to be a certain way. It's also like, I have turned into the meme of like the free spirited all over the place aunt that comes like a hurricane into her sister's house who's married with three kids and religious and they just go to synagogue every Shabbat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I, I, but I'm supposed to forge my own path. Like that's what I think. Isn't that the person that everyone's like pretending to be? Like even the people that work nine to five, they're all like, I'm interesting. And it's like, you say you're interesting, but like your life. And I'm not shitting on people. Right. I'm not shitting on people. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I have a hard time when people aren't pursuing, like, when I see someone who's, like, in the box, I like to have very in-depth conversations with everybody. So sometimes I can dig and pry into somebody who's not necessarily, like, an open person. Right. You find that little thing that's, like, weird about them. You're like, what? You yeah. get them to open up. Yeah. And like, then it's like, you can live like this all the time. Like, people are so interesting. Everyone's so interesting. And I feel like people shut it down. Everyone wants to fit well, in. Well, that's like, true. It's like, Star Trek I don't want to be, I don't want to be I understood. I want to be understood by like two or three people. Just Star Trek. Oh, no, just these people. They're all fucking like, like scientists and engineers yeah. and like super, super serious day job people. And there's, there's two, um, stu- two Star Trek conventions a year that I do right outside of okay. DC. So it's a lot of like people who work for the government every like Monday to Friday, all super buttoned up. And then they go to this wow. and just fucking walk around and like a, a Starfleet top, but no yeah. pants on like okay. all weekend. Like, so yeah, everybody's got no something. On. Oh, that was cosplay gets interesting. Really? Yeah. Describe. Yeah. Can I ask more? Sorry. Yeah, ask more. What? What? <laughs> you have to say. No, I'm oh, like, how? Let's talk about it. Where? So, do you ever go to Comic Con? Also, do they, yeah. don't they have cosplay there? Oh yeah, I I performed in two shows at New York Comic Con last year, um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just costumed people everywhere. At Jacob Javits Center. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was probably the biggest one I've ever done. That's where I took the bar exam. And the Jacob Chats. People yeah, were con- puking during... and shitting their fucking brains out. I was like, these people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, these fucking law students, they're so stressed out. Oh, yeah. Me and my friend were like, we're don't talk to anybody. We're this like, is your life, right? I bet you were stressed out. Oh, how I was you feel so about it. What if you were to take it now, would you be like, oh, fuck it? You'd be chill? I think I'd be capable of being more normal and like less stressed out. Like when I, so, okay, I graduated law school and I went to the Bronx district attorney's office for Uh three years. I was not, I was 25 years old. I was not in a place to be dealing with high volume. There's a lot of shit going on in the fucking Bronx. Criminal prosecution. Yeah. Yeah. It, It was so stressful. I would like, we called it the trial shits. Like, everybody would be running to the bathroom and they would get sent out to trial. Ah! Ah! I'm going to trial! Ah! Like, that is so crazy. We're so young. It's just crazy. I can't imagine the amount of pressure there is to be in court. Do you know what I mean? Court now is, like, fine because I do civil law. And so it's like really, it's like the judges are nice. Like, and now I haven't been in court in person since before COVID. Interesting. Like every, everything, unless you're going to trial, like all your court appearances are on Microsoft Teams. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'll... I go to court. Oh. I went to two court appearances the other day. Just well, like if, on they're gonna make, if they're going to make it easy, maybe I'll commit some crimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> civil. If I, can, if I can commit crimes from home. A criminal court, I think, is open. Oh. Well, then maybe I'll get sued. I hope not. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't want to get sued. No, don't get sued. Anyway. Yeah, I think I think people should, everyone should be themselves. It's really, yeah, I'm trying to be it's really cool to just, my yeah. authentic stuff. It sounds so fucking corny, though, and I understand that it sounds corny. But it, once you live it, it is beautiful to be able to just relax. And, let go and I'm getting better at that. Yes. I appear on the outside to be way more confident about being myself than I really am. 
You know what I mean? I yeah, think of course. Me too. So, yeah. because I could just be like, I don't give a fuck. I remember I when I, I lived in Tel Aviv for a while, when I was like 28, 29, and I remember a friend there was like, I've never had a friend like Denise. She just doesn't give a fuck. And I'm like, I give a lot of fucks. I just also like tell the truth. Like, yeah. fuck that guy. He's an asshole. You yeah. shouldn't fuck him again. Yeah. Fuck Dr. Kim. Fuck Dr. Kim. Yeah, dude. On that note, I guess that's a good callback. We can end. We called that back. So thanks for being here. Do you guys want to plug your Instagram or our show coming up? Whatever we have, like whatever you want. Uh, yeah. Um, if you're into Star Trek, come out to see me at Shrek Long Island, uh, May 20th and 21st. Um, but uh, please follow me on Instagram, uh, Danny Rydell Comedy, D A N I. Uh, R I E D E L. Sorry, I'm pretty <laughs> high and nobody fucking spells my name correctly. No, um, truth. Even though it follows the I before E except after C. Oh. So, anyway. But, yeah. Okay. 69th Amendment podcast, The Scott Hall Show. It's on all the platforms. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay. All right. I have to pee really bad. You guys so.